Hello, and welcome to the Plant a Trillion Tree podcast. I'm Eva Monheim. And I'm Hal Rosner. We're both certified arborists, credentialed by the International Society of Arboriculture. The purpose of our podcast is to encourage tree planting and proper tree care for our urban forest, which includes neighborhoods, parks, and other open space. We'll also cover the importance of the already existing tree cover and the benefits. So welcome, everybody. Thanks for joining us. This podcast is being recorded on May 14th, 2021. Today's show is a special edition highlighting the Pennsylvania Horticulture Society's Philadelphia Flower Show. We have two special guests, Sam Lemhenny and Tim Eiffel. Hal is on vacation this week. Sam Lemhenny is the chief of shows and events at PHS and directs the strategy, planning, and execution of all events, including the annual Philadelphia Flower Show, where over 250,000 visitors from around the world experience the work completed by him, his team, and PHS every year. Sam is a judge for flower shows in Singapore, Japan, and South Korea, and has judged the floats at the Tournament of Roses Parade in Pasadena, California. He is also an active member of the International Festivals and Events Association. Sam received his Bachelor of Science degree in Plant Science from the University of Delaware and has had a lifelong passion for horticulture. He began his career at the Walt Disney Company in the Land Horticulture Science Program and eventually rose to the position of Area Manager of the Epcot International Flower and Garden Festival. Our second guest is Tim Eiffel, who is the Associate Director of Trees at PHS, supporting communities around the region that are working together to share the incredible benefits of trees. He leads a team that works with an incredible group of volunteers, community organizations, and government agencies to establish and maintain healthy trees, canopies, in Philadelphia area neighborhoods. Tim received a Bachelor of Arts in Linguistics from Haverford College. Prior to joining PHS, Tim served as Executive Director of Philly Fellows, a program he co-founded that built capacity for Philadelphia anti-poverty organizations and started young people and careers in public service. He started his career with the U.S. Forest Service, where he was lucky enough to serve in the National Forest, which is home to the world's oldest living tree. Welcome to the Planet Trillion Trees podcast, Sam and Tim. I'm delighted that you could be with me today. Thanks for having us. And we are so excited that we could do this special edition for the flower show, which will be on just the week before the flower show begins. So Sam, can you please tell us about this year's location for the flower show? We're not going to be in the convention center this year coming to the convention center. So, so give us the scoop. Yeah, this is, this is all new. And uh, we've been working on this event back in May. We finally decided that, you know what, this is probably holding the flower show with COVID going on and all the restrictions and it being indoors that we had to pick an outdoor location and we evaluated I think there's close to 17 different locations Ava, that we got. I think it was in May. We, it was the first time that my team got out of their house, got in their car, and was able to drive and see some of these locations. Um, and we we rated everything, and it quickly became apparent that FDR Park in South Philadelphia rose to the top. And then we uh, 
we asked and, and talked to the folks at Parks and Rec who are a great partner of ours on, a, on an ongoing basis and over the years, and uh, they got super excited. Catherine Outlevel, who um, is the leader over there, she, we, we asked her and told her that we were thinking about it. She let it, She was on her deck and let out this hoot and this holler. I think the, her, her neighborhood were the first people to know that, that we were moving the show to FDR Park, but we're excited. FDR Park is a great location. It's a beautiful location in Olmstead. Brothers Design Park, um, great majestic trees, great architecture there. But but logistically, it really makes sense too. It's right in the heart of the sports complex, so the infrastructure down there, the roads are big enough and and multiple lanes to get people in and out of that space, so you won't have any worries with traffic. Lots of parking with the lots at the sports complex, and literally right across the street at the Novacare lot, there's parking as well. Public transportation can go there right as well, and 95 runs right around there, so people from north and south can get there as well. So it made sense for a lot of different reasons, but uh, logistically it was makes sense. And then beautifully, the park is just a gorgeous site that we're really excited about showcasing and. It will create a great backdrop for this flower show. And it's the first time we've ever done it outdoors. I can't believe it. In 193 years, Eva, we've never been outside. And we take really good notes in, in our history. And Janet Evans, who's our historian right now, she looked through all the records and we could not find that it. it's been ever outside. Lots of different locations, but never outside before. So this is a first for everybody. So we can't wait for you to come down to, to FDR Park going to the flower show myself for so many years and it became apparent that Philadelphia is the largest indoor flower show in the world right and the longest consistent show in the world correct which is a lot to to take in when you think about that we not only are the city of firsts but we are the city of firsts when it comes to horticulture <laughs> too because we have this long deep rich history of horticulture with our uh, founding fathers coming here and, and you know, William Hamilton's garden and... John Bartram. I mean, think about all the, 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 you know, the impact that he had on the horticulture world in Europe and in here is just, you know, and he came from here. So it's it's all, we are definitely rich in horticulture and, and our gardens and our, the Horticultural Society and all of our, the public gardens and spaces out there is, is certainly second to none in the rest of the country. So our global listeners are probably wondering if they haven't been here, what what should they what should they think about when they're coming? Cuz some some people will be traveling and I know that the Philadelphia Flower Show has always drawn people from all over the world to come to it. Yep. So, you know, public transportation can still get to the Flower Show. It's definitely something that you should think about and, and think about doing. You can still take the regional rail to the city, and then you can jump on the Broad Street line and take it straight out to the to the site. So that's a really good, helps you from a, if you're not wanting to drive. If you do want to drive, it's easy to get to. It's right off of 95, Broad and Patterson, and right across the bridge from the Platte Bridge, if you're coming in from that, like there's so many easy ways to get there from a driving standpoint in the parking will be easy at the parking lots we will be running courtesy shuttles for those who can't walk to the site or you know maybe need some assistance to get to the site we will be running shuttles back and forth from the parking area so that will help as well and uh you know we know how much people walk already at the convention center when they're there um you will be doing just as much walking at this site as well too but you'll be outdoors and you'll get to enjoy it and we've we've created and added such a great experience of that entry piece we're all always known for our entry garden, but this is expanded and, and, and much more of a longer and more elaborate entrance that we've ever done before that spreads it out. So it gets you really in the mood, gets you the feeling that the flower show is coming. And then once you hit that main entrance and that main gate, you walk in and you're just 
blown away by all the flowers, the trees, the shrubs, and the plants. I, I, what I what I'm really excited about, and the designers have really got excited about this, is the new plant palette that we get to work with, the, the broader plant palette that we get to work with than we do at the convention center. So you're going to see a lot lot more plants that you might not get a chance to see at the convention center. Um, probably a little bit different than 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 you're used to seeing, but that's what horticulture is about. We love to see and discover new things and hopefully you'll get some new ideas. And, and that's really what this show is about too. They inspire you and get you excited about your garden. You're in the gardening season. You'll be able to take and get plants and take that inspiration and put it right to work in your garden right away in June. Have you um, heard any sh about any shortages of plant material? Because from, from the uh, garden center perspective, um, I just saw yesterday on uh, Facebook that one of my friends who has Thanksgiving farms down in Maryland, they are totally wiped out of yeah. their seven, seven greenhouses are totally empty and 14 of them are only a quarter full. Right. Yeah, it's it's definitely been a challenge as we get closer to the show. Certainly, we work far enough in advance that we were able to order things and get things on the books um, it, well in advance and actually contract grow some things, which obviously helps. But as we get closer and, you know, there's always those last minute things and things you want to add that you forget or you want to just plus it up a little bit. It has been harder. We've had to broaden our search and, and we've been going down as far as Florida, North Carolina, up into New York um, and, and really Maryland. So we've been having to broaden our searches um, to really access some of the plants. And if we were to you know, use one nursery to, to deliver everything like a, a large order. Now we're using three or four to deliver that order in. So it has been a challenge. You know, it's great for the industry. Holy cow. The National Gardening Association in their new reports just said that 18.2 million new folks into the gardening and the horticulture world. So it's great for the for the horticulture. It's great for this industry. Um, has made it a little bit of a challenge to do a flower show in June, but we're going to pull it off. And 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 we, we haven't not found anything yet. So that's a, that's a good thing. That's fabulous. That's fabulous. And I'm sure that all the growers and the, and the people in the horticulture industry themselves are very happy that they can support you right. in, in helping the flower show be the most successful, continued the most successful flower show in the world. Well, we've known at PHS that the impact of plants and flowers is huge on people, on their individually, on their communities, on their neighborhoods. It's what we do. Uh, obviously, the flower show connects people and we try to to tell that story, but all of our programs, you're gonna to talk to Tim a little bit here in, in, in a bit about some of the programs we do outside of the flower show that really improve and showcase the impact that plants have. And so many people that 18.2 have turned to plants to get them through this pandemic because it brings them closer to nature. It makes them feel like they're, they've gone somewhere and you can be creative in your own backyard as well as helping your neighbors out and helping the environment out as well too. And that's the huge impact that plants have. And that's what PHS is known for almost 200 years and we've been telling people and it took a COVID to really sort of push that needle a little bit to really show that the, the plants do have an impact on you every single day. And whether you have just one little plant on your on your windowsill or you have redone your entire garden, plants have really had an impact on us during and helped us get through through COVID. And I think it also pushes Philadelphians to realize that we have one of the best resources in the world right at our fingertips at PHS and, and, our, and our horticulture organizations that reside here right. in, in our area. So it's good to know too, you can become a member of PHS and take advantage of all this all year round too. So don't hesitate to go to our website, phsonline.org and, and sign up to be a member because you get access to all this information, all the great resources we have and 
you also get a lot of, of, of great benefits for being a part of the membership and helping us to, to spread this message and, and, and hopefully have a bigger impact with plants and horticulture in the future. Now tell our listeners about the ticket sales. Yes. What ha you know, people say, oh, that's expensive. But then when you think about what's going on, it's not expensive at all. It's a bargain because we're getting something from it as people living in Philadelphia. They get a, a huge benefit from right. being, visiting the flower show and paying to get in. Can yeah. you give a little bit of background about that? Absolutely. Well, first and foremost, this flower show is a fundraiser for the Pennsylvania Horticultural Society. And all the funds that um, we raise through this flower show go to support all the programs that we do throughout the rest of the year. And, and it's really important to, to, to understand that, you know, when you buy a ticket, that those ticket dollars are going back into the community, into the region to really improve communities, um, making them a better place to live, reducing stress, reducing crime, um, that we have a huge impact on neighborhoods and, and areas of need that, that really require it. So first and foremost, this is a, is a fundraiser. And that's it's really important to understand that when you are buying your ticket, that you are helping us to, to really spread that message. Um, you know, this year, there's a little bit of difference and change. You have to, you know, we have time tickets. You have to pick your day and your time this year, which is a little different. Um, we want you to go online ahead of time and buy your ticket and not buy it on site. We're just trying to keep cash transactions down and we're trying to help also understand, you know, attendance figures because we do have a capacity limit from the health department that we have to maintain and, and make sure are understood understood by everybody. And we're trying to keep everybody safe and having mask requirements and really following all the CDC and the health department rules to make sure everybody has a great experience. We've expanded the space in the walkway so you can spread out a little bit, um, social distance, and 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 those who are still concerned even if you're vaccinated, can still really feel safe and have a great experience at the flower show, just like you always have at the convention center. We have all the great things that you've always enjoyed at the flower show at the convention center, plus so much more this year with being outdoors. And visiting the site with my family, we, we saw that there's a lot of work that PHS has already done. Can you, can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, one of our goals when we started um, working with the Parks and Recs team on negotiating um, and working to to create the deal to make us to allow us to have the park was that we wanted to do a leave behind and the Parks and Recs team and us were working together on what does that legacy feel. So we've been actually working with our folks to reseed a lot of the lawn areas and overseed a lot of lawn areas so they get a much deeper, thicker lawn there to, to play with after the flower show. We've been able to redo all of the walkways throughout the entire site of our flower show and repave them that had gotten, you know, just over time and age had really had become sort of not, not that great to walk on. And now everything is more ADA accessible for those walkways and spaces. So that's great. We've also done a lot of work on the gazebo and the, and the boathouse to mitigate a lot of the, the, the um, graffiti that's there. And we're putting anti-graffiti. We're going to do some stainings to get rid of that and then put anti-graffiti applications to, to help protect that over years as well. And then the last thing is we've done so much tree work there to, to improve the tree canopy there. The trees are very old and, and, and some of them were not in great shape. Some still damaged from the, the, the really bad windstorm we had back in last June, a year ago. So we were able to help them work with our partners like Bartlett Tree um, to, to really um, help to improve that tree canopy. We did some deep root fertilizing for them as well. We took out some of the trees that were damaged and needed to be removed so that everybody was safe. We limbed up everything, all of that. So a lot of great pruning, a lot of great fertilizing to really help that tree canopy there to help survive for, for many, many more years from now. That's really wonderful. And so 
Let's transition a little bit to the trees themselves. Because we are the Planet Trillion Trees podcast, I know that PHS is constantly wanting to plant more trees in the city of Philadelphia, especially in areas where we find inequity, but also in areas where we need more trees, like in parks and in residential communities along the streets. So can you give us a little bit of background? It could be Tim or Sam, whoever wants to jump in here. We would love to hear more about that. Tim, this is your expertise, brother. It's your turn. <laughs> sure, absolutely. I, I, I love nothing more than talking about trees. That, yeah, you're, you're right, Eva. We are always working to build up the tree canopy in Philadelphia. And, and we talk about creating healthy canopy throughout the city um, especially making sure that all neighborhoods have access to that. There's this concept of tree equity uh, that exists because we know that trees are so important for our health and well-being. Uh, they need to be integrated into our neighborhoods because they do provide so many health benefits for us, mental health, physical health, um, even preventing violence and crime. They're so important for us, uh, improving air quality, cooling our streets now that it's getting hotter in the summer. So. We know how important it is, but we also, you know, we recognize we've got great data that there is not equitable uh, canopy distribution across the city. The city overall has about 20% canopy coverage, which has room for improvement, but isn't horrible. But there's a lot of neighborhoods out there that have under five or 10% canopy coverage, um, and then others that have 50%, which is great. But we need to make sure because we experience those trees locally. So we may need to make sure that each individual neighborhood uh, and every Philadelphian can enjoy the benefits of trees. And that means a lot of planting and which is, you know, we still need to plant and maintain trees in those areas that do have healthy canopy too, because it's an ongoing process of, of maintaining that healthy canopy. Well, I, I know that the tree tenders is one of the, I want to say, pinnacles of PHS. Uh, <laughs> it's been with the organization since the 1970s, 1970s, I, I remember correctly. The Was 90s. It 90s? Yeah, we're, we're, we're almost at the 30 okay. year point for, uh, for tree tenders. And, yeah. and you have, uh, you have created so many tree tenders within the city of Philadelphia and around the, the suburbs that uh, we have the, these great teams of people that can actually um, help local residents to plant trees. Uh, but what about your programming for the educational component of Tree Tenders? Right, yeah, Tree Tenders is, is our flagship trees program and it was founded by uh, Mindy Maslin, who's uh, um, with our program and I believe she's been a guest on this podcast before and, and she's terrific and has done so much work in Philadelphia for trees. And the idea behind it is not just to plant trees, but to engage residents in planting and caring for trees in their community. So we have dozens of neighborhood-based tree tenders groups, and we train folks to, to take care of trees in their own neighborhoods. We have a tree tenders class that we offer a few times a year. It's a four-part series. Uh, since the pandemic started, we've been offering it exclusively on Zoom which uh, we do lose a little bit of the face-to-face -face contact, but on the plus side, it makes the class more accessible for people because they can do it easily from home without having to travel to a site. So we've actually seen increased engagement in our tree tenders uh, classes since we started offering them online, which is one of the nice silver linings of the pandemic. And yeah, over the years, we've trained over 5,500 tree tenders throughout the region um, with a big focus on uh, neighborhoods in Philadelphia. 
And we always need more. We always need more people to, you know, learn about planting and caring for trees and um, to be able to work on trees in their own neighborhoods. And, you know, despite all of our, our years of work and success in planting trees, there are still parts of the city where we do not have active tree tenders groups. And we're working really hard with neighborhood-based organizations and nonprofits and community groups to start tree tenders groups there. But it all starts with our training program. That's how we bring people in and give them the knowledge to care for trees in their communities. I also know that PHS likes to partner with other organizations to encourage tree planting too. So what are some of those other organizations that you work with? That's right. I mean, we've really found that a lot of our really successful planting efforts come in partnership with, with neighborhood organizations because the tree tenders model, it's um, by design a little bit decentralized. We have these locally based groups that do the work in their own neighborhoods and we provide them with training and of course the trees and extra support and capacity building. But you know, most neighborhoods in Philadelphia already have a network of really strong community-based organizations and we try to find them and work with them closely in our planting efforts um, because we find that it's much more successful and we're able to, to build on some of those organizations that are already doing wonderful work in their communities. So, you know, one example that we talk about a lot because it, it has been so successful is our partnership with Esperanza in Hunting Park. And they're uh, a large social services organization that has a big footprint in that neighborhood. Uh, and they do a lot for the health and well-being of Hunting Park residents and a lot of community engagement. So when we knew we wanted to expand what we were doing in that neighborhood, they were kind of the, the clear and obvious partner. And they've they've really jump-started our tree, ten, our tree planting efforts there. And, and we've engaged um, hundreds of neighbors. We've planted a lot of trees, especially focused, more intensive tree plantings on individual blocks so that, you know, those folks can enjoy you know, all of those benefits that the trees can provide by kind of concentrating them rather than scattering them all around the neighborhood. That's been a really successful approach. We've also offered our tree tenders training with uh, Spanish interpretation through that partnership as well, which has enabled us to bring in folks into our programming that would otherwise not have access to it. That's wonderful. And if there's an organization that's listening and wants to partner with tree tenders, can, is there a place where they can reach you? Absolutely. Uh, yeah, if they if they go in onto our website, phsonline.org, and um, connect into our the trees subpage, which is pretty easy to find, um, they can connect with our team. They can always email us at trees at penhort.org, uh, and that'll get to our team as well. We we are absolutely always looking for individuals, but also community-based groups um, to connect with us and, and help us build capacity, both in the city of Philadelphia and the surrounding counties as well. I would imagine that people can also donate money to support your program. Is that correct? Certainly. Uh, every year we have a More Trees Please campaign, um, and we work with our individual tree tenders groups to get the word out to their neighborhoods and their partners, and of course also our, our broad uh, PHS audience around the region. Uh, as well to engage specifically for neighborhood-based tree planting. That's wonderful. And and folks can donate anytime as well through the PHS website also. Okay. And, I'm, and I'm thinking of large companies that, you know, may have, I mean, we've heard that large companies have had a, a swelling of their profits and, we would, <laughs> you know, we would love to see that go towards tree planting within the city and in the suburbs. Um, and, Absolutely. And, and have volunteers coming from those corporations too which would be really well, delightful. 
the great thing that I think when we, we have engaged some corporate partners in our tree planting successfully, and I think, you know, when we're talking to that audience specifically, uh, one thing that really appeals to them is that there's a great return on investment for trees. So I talked about all the health and well-being benefits and community benefits of trees. And it really is amazing for any dollar that you would spend on tree planting and tree stewardship, the returns to the community in terms of especially those health benefits, which we you know, know a lot more about how to measure now these days. They're huge, like many times over uh, of in terms of community returns for those investments we can make in trees. So I think that's something that, that really does appeal to corporations and, and businesses that do care about the health and well-being of communities. And flipping back to your tree canopies, I know that there's a tree canopy plan for the city of Philadelphia. I know that right. HS has been very uh, connected with that program. And I wanted to find out, how do you make your selections for the city? And then how do you reflect those, ref those selections in the flower show, for example? Well, so, um, you know, Parks and Recreation uh, is also our uh, part, main partner on tree planting within the city of Philadelphia. In the city, uh, almost all of our plantings um, are, at least our tree tenders based plantings are street trees. And uh, in Philadelphia, the Parks and Recreation has jurisdiction over uh, street tree plantings. So, so we do work really closely with them with the street tree office in particular. And every one of our street trees does have to be permitted by the city. And their trained arborists, um, they determine which species uh, gets planted. There's a, there's a Philadelphia approved street tree species list that's out there. And it is focused on diversity because we know that we have to have uh, a diverse urban forest in order to protect it from threats like climate change and disease. A lot of cities uh, and municipalities have learned the hard way over the years that if they don't diversify their tree plantings, they can you know, leave themselves vulnerable to catastrophe. So we've seen it earlier in the 20th century with the Dutch elm disease that took out, I mean, they, they were probably one of the most popular street trees in the country and they were just devastated. And we've seen it more recently with the emerald ash borer. Uh, ash trees are, uh, you know, had been an extremely popular street tree and many of them were planted en masse uh, along full streetscapes. And, those disappeared almost overnight in a lot of communities. So we know that, you know, as good as it looks to do a mass planting of all the same species, the same size and see them marching over the street, that looks great, I, I admit. But in order to have a healthy canopy, we need to aim for diversity. And the, in Philadelphia, the approved species list is really set up for that. And the inspectors I know, when they go out and approve sites, they're making sure they're mixing the species up, even on a single site, so that the canopy can be healthier. Uh, as part of that, Philly Tree Plan 2, we, uh, there's a chance for us to look at updating the street tree list as well. I know that's something that uh, will hopefully be happening in the near future. Uh, I know PHS wants to be very involved in that process because, especially with climate change, we know that we're going to need to, you know, adapt some of the species that are being planted as well. And we want to use the latest science that's available to us to make sure that we can select trees that will be healthy and continue to thrive. I think we're really blessed to have PHS as a as a model institution here in in the city of Philadelphia. And go, we're going to go swing back to the Philadelphia Flower Show. That canopy that has been revitalized down at FDR Park. Does that mean that there's going to be less plants or trees that they have to 
bring into the show for the exhibits or are they going to still bring in the same amount of trees for the for the exhibits that you know i'm sure people are kind of anxious they're kind of trying to visualize it in their head what's it going to look like down there yeah eva the, the same wow factor that you had at the convention center will be here and probably even more so we have more space that we were able to spread out add be able to include a lot more exhibitors we have you know the tried and true designers that come back every year that create those great exhibits and then we have a great lineup of new diverse designers coming on over over 11 different new designers this year in the landscape so we are very excited um the tree canopy really will just provide a great backdrop um, for an already amazing, some of the renderings that I've seen of these designers that they're coming up with is pretty special and very creative. They are very talented, some of the best in the in the country, um, and and we can't wait for them to showcase their talents and their creativity to you when you come to the show. So you gotta you gotta come, you gotta come on on the fifth through the thirteenth right here. This is when we're going and get your tickets now. Get them early. Capacity is limited, so. Make sure you get your tickets now. Buy, go online and get them because you're you are going to be really blown away by some of the things that they are going to be creating and what we have how we've laid the show so out. So better year. yet, if they want to become a member and they could sign up and get their tickets with their membership, uh, there's that's lots correct. of different levels of yeah. membership, so you can get your tickets that way. Um, I think that's really important. And we have a real special even on every morning. Um, the show from nine to 10, if you are a member at a certain level, you have to go online and you can see the different levels that we have. If you get to that, that level, um, you're able to come into the show an hour earlier before anybody else gets to come in. So you get a sneak peek of the show every single day from Sunday to Sunday that this year that you'll be allowed to come in. And we also have a preview of the flower show for any member uh, from two to six on the 4th of June too. So you get a sneak peek. If you're a member of PHS, you get to see the show first before anybody else gets to do, and then you get to tell your friends that you got to see it before they did, so. Yeah, I was gonna ask you if there's any other uh, major events around this, around the flower show, pre and post. Sure, yeah, good question. Um, Bloom Philly right now is, is underway, and it's a big competition that we work with a lot of city businesses um, around around the city that decorate their, their, their windows, their, their business windows in the theme of the habitat, which is the theme of the flower show this year. Um, they also, we have restaurants um, um, making food menu items that are that are celebrating the flower show. So really this, this city really embraces this event. It's been around for 193 years. It's a huge tradition here in Philadelphia and in the region. And a lot of the businesses, not only in the city, but in, in the surrounding counties have supported this show so much and uh, helping us spread the word and helping us sell tickets because it is, as we said before, this is a fundraiser for PHS. So the more tickets we sell, the more things we can do out there to help uh, beautify Philadelphia and help really increase the health and well-being of, of this city. That's wonderful. And I, I just think that you're you're always doing such a wonderful job bringing, bringing the show to the public and always thinking about safety and thinking about comfort I know that uh, the members have their own lounge, yep. and I, I just think it's great. I try never to miss it. I think I only missed it one year when I was abroad, but other than that, I've been going for, I don't want to say how long, <laughs> many decades, that many decades. Absolutely. We're just thrilled. If there's anything else that you want to share with us before we go, um, again, the dates again are June 5th through the 13th. And the tickets can be purchased online. 
online phsonline.org is the best place to go get tickets you can not only buy tickets there but you can also we have food options on there we can actually buy a picnic basket if you're um want something pre-packaged before you come to the show and maybe think about a little bit safer from a covid standpoint we have that option for you uh, we have a lot of great other activities our butterfly room uh, or experience that you come and interact with butterflies and we have a lot of great other experiences on online that you can that can add to this parking you can add to your list and then Tim, we can sign up online too for tree tender programming, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, by the time um, folks are going to be hearing this podcast, um, we'll be we'll have wrapped up our spring tree tenders class, but our next one will be in September. So there's plenty of time to sign up for that, and uh, that one will be another online class. And uh, you know, we're certainly looking for folks in the Philadelphia area so that they can connect with their local tree tenders team, but. Again, the benefit of being online is, uh, you know, no matter where you are listening to this podcast, you can still sign up for that one and take part. And even if you're not in the Philadelphia area, even if you can't engage with us on our tree plantings, you can still work in your own community to plant and care for trees. So it's it'll be a four-part class starting just after Labor Day. And then if you are in Philadelphia, you can go to our website and request a street tree uh, to be planted in front of your house. Uh, where you can donate for trees planting and getting trees planted in your community. And even better, you can find your local tree tender group. We have a, a handy map where all you have to do is enter in your address. And if there's a tree tender group in your area, it will give you the contact information for those folks so you can get involved. And if there's not one in your area, it's a great time to start one. Start one. I, start one. I exactly. think it's really great that you have online classes for our international listeners. They can take advantage of that. Sure. Also, there's going to be a lot of uh, educational programming down at the Philadelphia Flower Show as well. They always have lots and lots of education. Yeah. When you come to the Flower Show, come over to the PHS Gardeners Green. You'll hear, you'll see probably Tim might even be over there talking about the Tree Tenders <laughs> Program, but all the other ways that we can we can help you become a better gardener and how you how the PHS Program is that throughout the whole year can help you become a better gardener and understand the impact of plants and flowers. So the PHS Gardeners Green is our headquarters for learning all things about gardening in the show site this year. So when, if you do come to the flower show, when you come to the flower show, you can come over there and hang out with all, all of us at PHS and we'll be telling you how to, how to get involved and how to help make a difference. And we're certainly putting out there that you have great weather. <laughs> yes, please. Absolutely. We'll have great weather great for weather. the flower show that week. Although, it, and then just make sure it is a rain or shine event, right? As gardeners, we know we love, we, we don't mind being out in the rain. So bring your umbrella if it's, if it's drizzling that day. And you can wear your belt. Uh, we still will be open. Yep. <laughs> Thank you so much for being on the show. You're, you've been great. Thanks for having Thanks, us. Thanks, Eva. Take care. And I hope we have lots of people attend. Me too. Buy your tickets now. Get your, make sure you can get your right day. Thanks again.
Thank <laughs> you.